Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing? Good morning. I'm actually doing good. You know, I've uh, actually had to suffer through a, a cough, um, not a bad one, and went at COVID. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm a whole lot better now. I think the entire family uh, had a version of it, which was not good. But, uh, you know, we, every, everyone's recovered. And so life is good again. That's what we like to hear, especially mm-hmm. in time for Father's Day weekend. You know, we got to yes, celebrate you, right, Bill? Absolutely. Actually, your first uh, as a grandfather. So maybe, you yeah, know, there's, there's an extra little it, gift it there for you. It should be Grandfather's Day. How about that? <laughs> yes. But my, my son will have his very first uh, Father's Day. So that's uh, uh, that, that's a, a good thing. Um, you know, Thomas is, has done a really well here in the office, and he's become a, a true expert on um, uh, Medicaid uh, crisis cases. Uh, so he's helped me a great deal doing uh, our webinars. Of course, we just finished those this this week. Uh, and so I'm very proud of Thomas for what he's doing as a father, because uh, actually he's, it's pretty amazing the changes uh, from when uh, uh, f- from when I had my first Father's Day till uh, what's expected of dads uh, today, but a- as a father of young children yourself, so I'm sure that uh, you uh, know exactly what Thomas is going through, whereas uh, I- I'm somewhat old school and uh, uh, certainly was not expected to, to do the things um, that, Thomas is quite expected to do. It's a different world today, folks. <laughs> you know, we we look back on you guys and we're like, man, you, you guys had a good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and as I look back, I would agree with you. I had it really good. Uh, uh, so, but but the fact is, is that you, as you know. Uh, there, um, uh, while the responsibilities uh, in childcare are greater for you, that there's also a great deal of appreciation and and um, the, uh, the enjoyment that comes uh, from that as well. It's just like I said, the, the world is different. It's no longer an Ozzy and Harriet world, uh, and of course, young people would hardly know what that means, but. My, most of my folks will know exactly what that means. <laughs> well, we're very happy for Thomas and a lot of celebrations going on, especially uh, coming up on Monday for Juneteenth. So, Right. Uh, for those folks time. who don't realize, Juneteenth is a federal holiday. So if you're wondering why you didn't get your mail uh, on Monday uh, or why the banks are closed, uh uh, that's why it's uh, it, it, it's a celebration that that um, uh, is new uh, in terms of federal holidays. So, but uh, no question about it. So. Well, Bill, we've had a, a very nice run of shows covering a wide variety of topics, but in doing so, that's kind of led us astray a little bit from the asset protection that we like to discuss so often and. We're going to dive back into that today. Well, uh, shame on you, because the truth is, is that 
everything that we talk about has something to do with asset protection. But at the, but you're right. I, I really want to this morning to talk specifically uh, about issues that uh, that people think of when they think of asset protection. And so, um, actually, what brought this up is, is recently I, m- I met with um, clients who own two very valuable uh, properties, real estate, uh, in the state of Florida. Now, they are North Carolina residents, and they have a beautiful home here in North Carolina as well. So the question is, okay, what should they do? to protect their properties. Um, And of course, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that is very common uh, is the fact that when people own real estate, whether it's a a partial interest where they've inherited it uh, or a full interest where you know, you, you've gone out and bought property in South Carolina or Florida or anywhere else, for that matter, outside the state of North Carolina, uh, typically uh, a revocable trust uh, is the best way to plan when you have property in more than one state. Uh, why? It's pretty simple, because if you have real estate located outside of North Carolina, and you don't have a trust, then uh, unless uh, you're talking about the first death where the property is owned with rights of survivorship with your spouse, uh, of course, that would be the exception. But uh, for the next situation, the second death, then you have a double probate. You have a probate in the state of North Carolina, and you have, in this case, a probate in the state of Florida. So one easy way to avoid that double probate is with a revocable trust, and you put your Florida properties into your revocable trust uh, so that the trust handles it uh, at the first and or second death uh, and avoids uh, that. And of course, there are states, Florida being one of them, where probate court administration expenses are high. And so most folks who uh, have a nice estate in in uh, highest um, uh, tax uh, states such as Florida already have a trust themselves. Um, and so, uh, frankly, uh, particularly states like Florida, New York, New Jersey, uh, Connecticut, you know, there are, um, you know, m- most of the northeastern states have high fees and taxes uh, at, the, uh, at death uh, when it comes to administering uh, a regular estate when there's not a trust. Uh, North Carolina, on the other hand, is middle of the road on a lot of things, and our court expenses are modest. I mean, they're they're um, you know they're not necessarily cheap. Uh, you know, the the maximum uh, right now is six thousand uh, dollars court uh, costs, court fees, and then of course uh, most 
cases, there's an attorney involved, and so there are attorney fees as well. But the fact is that uh, North Carolina is much more modest in cost when it comes to a will-based plan than some other states. But, uh, okay, so let's just stop there and say, if you have property, real estate outside the state of North Carolina, and you're and you're going to continue to live in North Carolina, having a revocable trust is a money-saving um, uh, plan, which makes sense for most people. So we'll leave it at that. So how should you, as a person who has business property, you know, outside state, should you wrap that property uh, in a limited liability company, an LLC, or uh, a corporation? Uh, now, should you do that if you own uh, property in North Carolina? Okay, so we have a house and we have three rental houses, okay, or we have an apartment building, or we have commercial buildings, or we have a farm, you know. But, it, but we don't live on the farm. You know, the farm is business property. We rent it to a farmer. We're hoping it will appreciate and we'll sell it to a developer someday for millions of dollars, you know, those kind of things. Well, should you have it in an LLC? Well, the, the question is what kind of potential liability do you have? Uh, now, no matter what you do, whether you keep it personally, you know, you have it owned yourself, you haven't wrapped it in an LLC or corporation, um, it doesn't matter how you own it, you need to have insurance. You need to have liability insurance. And that is a fundamental uh, cornerstone of uh, asset protection, no matter what else you do. So, uh, and so the, now, when I say insurance, uh, that also means that you need a good insurance advisor to make sure that you have um, enough coverage for yourself and that your insurance uh, advisor, the professional you use, uh, is experienced and can tell you not only what's covered, but what's excluded from coverage. So you know exactly what risks that you have. And quite frankly, that that's a problem for most people because most people just say, I need the insurance, and it's like, okay, it'll cost this much, and here it is, and there's not any further discussion. Well, that's a huge mistake because every policy has exclusions. And don't you want to know if you're going to be covered or not covered, what your deductible is, you know, what kind of risk you're taking, and the like. And for most of us, we should also have umbrella coverage. I mean, so, the, but the bottom line on asset protection, and this doesn't matter how, what else you do, whether you have irrevocable trusts, whether you have an LLC or a corporation, no matter what you use for your asset protection, the cornerstone of that plan is going to be insurance, liability insurance. And if, 
And of course, uh, if it has a structure on it, then uh, which, you know, in most business properties going to have a house or a building of some sort on it, then you have to have other insurance to cover fire and uh, tornadoes and uh, floods and all of the other potential risks that you have to protect protect your property. But the, now, the, the question becomes, do you wrap it in an LLC or a corporation, or do you just keep it owned by you and your spouse? What's the best way to go? And, uh, you know, best legal answer is it depends. So when we come back, I'll talk about some of those issues that are so important to people when it comes to protecting what they've earned. I've learned on this show that there's unfortunately never any easy answers that often uh, it does depend on your situation and the circumstances that surround you. So we're going to dive into that. Don't forget, if you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill, maybe have some documents drawn up or have your documents reviewed, you can go to WGALaw.com and schedule some time to speak with Bill. You can also find information about Bill's free webinars at WGALaw.com. Bill just had his June webinars this past Wednesday. You can sign up for the webinars happening in July on Wednesday, July 12th. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance that may be available for you if you're dealing with a long-term care crisis. This deals with Medicaid, VA benefits. It's a wonderful educational session. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. The afternoon session on Wednesday, July 12th will feature asset protection and trust planning, some of what we're talking about today. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on that seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register. It's free to attend. There's no cost to you at all. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill, to schedule some time to speak with him, or to learn about his webinars as well, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're talking all about asset protection. In particular, we are talking about, uh, I guess, a scenario, Bill, where you had some clients come in, they're residents of the state, and they've got some properties in Florida, and they're trying to decide, well, how do we protect this? Right. And so, uh, okay, so I will, the first thing I should say is that um, uh, there is universal agreement among uh, uh, attorneys who do planning that if you own business property, um, you should wrap it in some type of limited liability entity. And the primary entities that are used around the country, uh, the, the oldest form is a corporation. 
Uh, and the newer form that I prefer for most people is a, an LLC, a limited liability company. But the first thing that is so important is the fact that creating a little limited liability company or using a corporation for business property is not an end of all ends in terms of protecting you. Uh, the, the fact is, or say, so why do you do it? I mean, what is the purpose of an LLC or corporation? Well, the, the purpose is so that if liability occurs, and that can occur lots of different ways in a business, it can be because um, you, you disagree with a vendor, you, you know, you haven't paid, there's a creditor after you, you haven't paid for 10 different reasons. Uh, it could be because an employee injured someone or injured themselves. Uh, so the, the question is, can creditors or people that you, that uh, you're liable to, uh, people who might be injured uh, or the like, contractually or physically, um, can they get past your business entity to your personal property? In other words, to your property uh, other than your business property. And how do they get to their business to your business property? In other words, can they go beyond? your business property and go after your home and go after your savings and go after your investments that are outside of your business? That's the question, okay? And so because if you don't wrap business property in an LLC or a corporation or other, there are some other entities, um, partner, there are certain types of partnerships uh, and um, professional companies, professional corporations, professional limited liability companies, uh, prof you know, partnerships that are limited liability and the like, but some limited liability entity. Um, uh, so uh, those are the primary uh, entities used for this purpose. But the, the, the question is, can a plaintiff get past that, that property to uh, the, your life savings. And uh, if you own things personally and you haven't wrapped it in one of these entities, then the answer is yes, all of your property is hanging out, uh, or I shouldn't say all, and of course my asset protection webinars and seminars go into the fact that all of us own certain types of property that creditors can't reach, you know, such as our retirement accounts, such as life insurance, uh, 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 certain type of exemptions we have on our home and the like. However, there's a lot of other stuff that they, they can reach, which is, is so important. And so obviously if, if, uh, these folks can get to our personal assets. That's where insurance makes all the difference in the world because if you have enough insurance to pay the claim off, then you're good to go. So, you know, that's uh, you got to have both. Uh, but, okay, 
So how is it that uh, a lawyer, a, a shrewd, tricky lawyer, can get past your entity to get to this other property that you own? Uh, uh, we, we call that uh, piercing the corporate veil. And the same theories apply to LLCs. Uh, but it's uh, piercing the veil basically means you get past the fact that you have a limited liability entity where the claim can go against your your uh, other property, um, and so there, um, you know, that is the real key. Uh, and obviously, the claimant wants to get past it, particularly if it's a large claim. And you, on the other hand, want to make darn sure that they can't get get past it. Uh, and, and so obviously one of the uh, first things is you, no matter what you do, you have to operate your business as a business. If you create an LLC, but the money comes in and you put it into your personal account and you go to the grocery store and you buy your groceries for home, you're not operating as a business. And so if you're not operating as a business, it's not going to be considered a business. It doesn't matter what you do otherwise. Uh, likewise, uh, and one of the reasons I like LLCs better than corporations uh, is the fact that with an LLC, number one, you can choose how to be taxed as an LLC. Uh, in other words, you can you can choose to be taxed as a regular corporation, you know, what we call a C-Corp. You can choose to be taxed as an S-Corp, which is typically what small businesses elect uh, for a lot of different reasons. Or the default for an LLC is you can choose to be taxed as a partnership. And But LLCs are far more flexible in terms of how you organize, in terms of uh, who capitalizes it and uh, how it's done. If you have a corporation, uh, then it's, it's much more formalized in terms of who owns uh, the entity based on the capitalization of the company. So there are lots of differences in terms of of, of those choices. But the other thing about a corporation is that corporations require formalities that LLCs don't require. And for instance, even if you're a single member uh, or single shareholder of a corporation, in other words, you've formed a corporation, you own it, your spouse isn't even involved in it, uh, you're it. Okay, well, first of all, it doesn't matter if you're by yourself as the sole shareholder of your corporation and you're operating the business by yourself. The fact is that a corporation requires bylaws and it requires a shareholder meeting at least once a year. And it, the shareholders meeting has to elect a board of directors and the board of directors have to meet at least one once a year. The board of directors has to elect officers 
and you have to have at least two officers, uh, at least a, a president or CEO, and a secretary, and for most, a, a, a treasurer as well. So the bottom line is you got to have those, and you have to have written minutes of all of this stuff every year. Well, I've, I've known so many small businessmen that have a corporation. They don't even know where their corporate book is. You know, they, they, they uh, created a corporation. They may not have ever created bylaws. They've never had a meeting. They don't have any minutes uh, for anything. Or uh, they have bylaws, but they've never done anything with them. Uh, the book is covered in dust. Uh, and uh, they have uh, they failed to keep up their corporate book. They've operated like a business, but they don't have anything. Well, the bottom line is those you might say it's a corporation, but if you ever got sued and you had a shrewd lawyer on the other side, the bottom line is that the courts would throw out that corporation entity in a heartbeat uh, and allow the claimant to go after your your personal assets. Now, LLCs have to be operated as business, but they don't have any of those formalities. It's nice to keep records and keep them in your book and and have your important decisions uh, memorialized just like any business would do. But you don't have those legal requirements of doing things every year in a certain way. Well, that's a big deal uh, if, a, a, if a claimant can get past the barriers that you have set up. So uh, that's the, these are important. There's lots of other things to talk about when it, we're talking about an LLC and a corporation as your barrier, because that's what you're doing. You're building walls where a claimant can't get over that wall. That's why this is asset protection today and making sure that you are able to find that protection of the things that you want. If you've got some property and maybe it's all in your name and you haven't set up a barrier for yourself, maybe you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. From there, you can reach out. You can also find information uh, by calling the office. Call 919-256-7000-919-256-7000 at WGALaw.com. You can also register for Bill's free webinar. You might want to attend the Asset Protection and Trust Planning webinar happening on Wednesday, July 12th that afternoon. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend. The morning session deals with long-term care assistance. If you want to learn more about Medicaid and VA benefits and assistance that might be available to you if you're dealing with a long-term care crisis, go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page or call 919-256-7000. We're taking a quick break, but we'll be back. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. are 
listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill and his webinars and also to schedule some time with him if you would like to have a chat with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. We're talking all about asset protection and property. Bill, we're having a discussion related to business entities when it comes to protecting our property. And you were just going over uh, some of the key differences between a corporation and an LLC. Well, um, let's go back to my uh, folks that have properties in Florida. And here's the thing that you have to understand that the laws in North Carolina are very different than the laws in Florida. And Of course, Florida has a wonderful homestead exemption. So so we're not talking about your primary residence. In fact, Florida has a much better law for your primary residence after you've lived there a couple years. Uh, However, uh, in North Carolina, we have contributory negligence laws. Uh, We're one of the few states that still has contributory negligence laws. So the bottom line is it's really, really hard for a claimant to get a judgment against a landowner in North Carolina, Uh, and uh, uh, particularly when there's some insurance coverage as well. So, but the fact is, I mean, if you think about, you know, at the beach, there's been two or three situations in the last few years where. There have been parties on the porches, and uh, too many people have been on the porch, and the porch caves in, and people are injured, and those kinds of things. Well, fact is, those property owners have not been held liable for those injuries. Uh, uh, and people might scratch their head and say, really? Well, it's, it's the fact is it's extremely difficult for a claimant to show uh, uh, negligence, if you will, on the pa- part of property owners in North Carolina. But now we're not talking about North Carolina, we're talking about Florida. In Florida, the rules are totally different where claimants can, in fact, get judgments against property owners uh, far more easily. And this is true in most other states, and that's one of the reasons why universally attorneys tell clients you really have to have an LLC for your business properties to avoid personal liability on claims when uh, claimants can actually reach out and touch you. So uh, yes, to the degree you own property outside of North Carolina that's business property, you're very smart to wrap it into a corporation or an LLC. And as I've already said, LLCs are my preferred method as opposed to corporations. Now, are there other reasons why LLCs are my favorite? Yes, because with an LLC, particularly in North Carolina, creditors only have one remedy if they're suing the LLC. It's called an exclusive remedy called a charging order. And a charging order doesn't really um, give the creditor a whole lot. Uh, And actually, it's very useful uh, for the, if you want to call it the debtor, 
um, to negotiate a claim down against a creditor uh, who only has a charging order. But that's one of the advantages in North Carolina, and it's an advantage in some other states as well with an LLC. But the less formality, um, you know, charging orders, those things give an LLC a leg up because a creditor can't take your property, underlying property, away from you, a creditor with an LLC. A creditor doesn't have any voting rights, doesn't have any management rights in the company when they get a judgment against you. Those are big deals uh, that are not necessarily true with corporations and and, um, uh, judgments against uh, corporations, but they, they really are helpful when it comes to LLCs. Now, here's the bugaboo, whether you use a corporation or an LLC. Um, And I've had clients who, when they understand how the rules work, choose not to use an LLC. And in North Carolina, that does not necessarily give me heartburn as as an asset protection attorney. But why? It's because these folks are self-managing their real estate. In other words, they have 10 rental houses and they're doing all the work. They're uh, getting the tenants, they're doing the leases, they take care of the plumbing and the electricity and the roof and all the other stuff that goes wrong uh, and they collect the rent. So in other words, you're not ju- you're not not just the landowner or the property owner, but you're also the manager of that Uh, property as well. Well, the fact is, when you self-manage, you do have some protection with the LLC, but a claimant can sue you for your negligent management. And if they can sue you personally, then they can reach out to your your, uh, property other than your LLC property. So instead of just suing your LLC, they will sue the LLC and you as the manager. So the fact is, is that, so what I'm getting at is for those folks who manage their own property, they're still hanging out. And again, that's where that insurance becomes so, so important. And there's one other negative that um, folks have to deal with when they create an LLC with their business property. And that is, it's more expensive. Why? Well, of course, you have to pay the money to create the, the corporation or the LLC. That, that's a one-time deal. But every state has annual fees. In North Carolina, it's $200. Now, that's again, that's not a whole lot, but it is more than if you don't have one. And then, and then the other piece is that when you push property into your LLC— then um, uh, you have to have a different insurance policy uh, uh, insuring your risks uh, for the property in your LLC that's a, a different policy from the policy that covers your home and your personal automobiles. So obviously a different policy is going to be more expensive for you, plus Assuming that you want the additional coverage of an umbrella policy, which I strongly recommend to my clients, then you have to have a separate 
umbrella policy as well. Now, most people think it's worth that additional cost for for that protection. Uh, but at the same time, for some folks, particularly uh, if they have, um, you know, very little property and that property is very low risk when it comes to potential claimants, uh, they might choose not to wrap that property in an LLC, but to have really good insurance instead. So, you know, like I said, the real answer is it depends. It depends on your situation. That's exactly right. And if you want to learn more from Bill, you have a lot of avenues to do so. If you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill, you can go to WGALaw.com. If you want to learn more at his asset protection and trust planning webinar again go to wgalaw.com click on the seminars button at the top of the page if you want to call the office the phone number is 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 going back to bill's webinars bill does these the second wednesday of every month the next set of webinars happening is on wednesday july 12th as I said, you can learn more about asset protection and trust planning. That's a webinar happening in the afternoon. The webinar happening that morning will deal with long-term care assistance, financial assistance for those who are dealing with a long-term care crisis. This is very, very helpful and valuable information. You can learn more about Medicaid and VA benefits and how those may be accessible to you. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to attend Bill's webinars. There's no cost. It's just a wonderful educational opportunity for you, and you can do it conveniently from home as they are conducted remotely. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. I'm Jason Kong. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill and his webinars, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, last week we spent some time discussing the value of caregiving, and I know you want to circle back to caregiving. Uh, absolutely. Caregivers have a special place in my heart for many, many reasons. But the fact is, is that the value of caregiving when you're taking care of a loved one might be anywhere on the low side, $2,500 a month up to $10,000 a month, and sometimes even more than that, depending on the nature and how much and what you're actually doing to provide care. But the goal for so many folks is to keep mom or dad at home so they don't have to go to a facility. And, and that takes a sacrifice on the part of a family member so often because more often than not, there is not enough money to pay for somebody to take care of mom or dad. And so obviously, in order to keep mom or dad at home, it requires somebody to say, okay, I'll do that. And it's a personal 
sacrifice. And sometimes those sacrifices can last for many years. And so so often it's a situation where there's a home that's paid for, but there's no real nest egg, and mom doesn't have enough money. She has too much money per month, income, maybe, say, $2,000 a month. To, so she can't get financial assistance unless she goes to a nursing facility, which you're trying to avoid. And so she's not eligible for assistance, but she doesn't have enough money to pay for care. So what's the solution? And that's what I've been trying to get to. For so many people, the fairest, because more often than not, there are siblings involved who are sitting back and really not assisting. And it's like, well, I'm really glad you're doing it, sis, but when mom dies, I want my equal share. And not all siblings are that way. Some are very understanding. But so what's the solution? It's to have, number one, a caregiver contract where mom agrees to pay you a fair amount of money each month, maybe five or $6,000, depending on what you're doing, but she can't afford to pay. So you back that up with a promissory note, what we call like a revolving promissory note where mom promises to pay you that money that she can't pay you on a month-to-month basis. It's sort of like a belt credit card that you basically can put more on it and more on it each month uh, with a cap at some point. But your cap might be $200,000. It might be way up there. And, it, and the cap can always be expended. And then you secure that debt with a mortgage or deed of trust on the home. That way it's fair. That way the caregiver actually gets paid at the end of the day And if mom only lives a few months, then that payment is fairly low. But on the other hand, if mom lives 10 years, then the caregiver is going to end up with the house because the debt's going to be more valuable than the house itself. But that is the fairest way when there's not enough money. And the caregiver needs to be protected. You cannot assume that your siblings are going to understand and make sure that you're taken care of when you've done all the sacrificing. You've seen some nightmares in that regard, Bill, and that's why uh, that warning is particularly strong. Make sure that uh, you do have these plans in order. If you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com or call the office, 919-256-7000, 7,000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be back after this. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget you can register for Bill's next set of webinars happening on Wednesday, July 12th. It's free to attend. It's free to register. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. Click on the seminars button if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance and asset protection and trust planning. WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. Or call the office, 
7,000. We're out of time for today. We hope you'll join us again next weekend. You've been listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.